This is Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. Welcome back to Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. We are still in an unprecedented and strange time, so I wanted to continue to help us all find joy and discover what's slowly reopening and reemerging life into a uh, unusual art situation is. So, uh, after our last conversation uh, with the creators of Join Call, I wanted to bring on Timmy Morgan, one of the actors from Join Call, to discuss life as an artist and uh, creator and being able to create work during a global pandemic. So, Timmy, welcome to Isolation Cast. Hello, Maddie. It is a pleasure to be on a board. On a board. <laughs> well, people say I'm, that. That's not a thing. It's you know what it's it's always one of those things that uh, we always yeah. ask the question and then I go I you know it's fine we never know how to respond yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as I people know. that people that live their lives in front of uh, you know microphones anytime I'm on with a person I suddenly go Bleh. I know I know <laughs> so why don't you <laughs> tell the audience about yourself Yeah so my name is Timmy Morgan uh, I am a, an actor voice actor comedian um, so. I would say my, my living is as a voice actor. Uh, lived in L.A. For, for a long time and relocated to Pennsylvania, um, the epicenter of the world apparently right now in this moment <laughs> during the election. Um, it doesn't feel that way. It still just feels like Pennsylvania. Um, but, yeah, we, we kind of – I was pursuing acting and comedy in L.A., and uh, we relocated to PA to be near family. I have two, two boys, uh, seven years old and nine, and my wife uh, is a nurse and – we just kind of decided to do a little season near family. And so I'm just doing mainly voice acting uh, here out of PA with clients all over the place. And um, and then before before pandemic life, uh, I did a lot of just improv um, nice. at a local, local theater called the Harrisburg Improv Theater. That's kind of where I was able to get my creative fix. Um, and of course, like so much theater that is shut down. So. Yes. There is oddly a ton of theater and arts in Pennsylvania. I know a lot of people don't think it. Yeah. With everything from, I mean, you have like Dutch Apple, which everyone knows about in Bucks County, right, but right. you mean yes. and, and Sight and Sound, but also there's just really rich and wonderful in the Lehigh Valley. There's so much, and in Philly and Pittsburgh, I yeah. just, I'm always astounded every time someone's like, just come to Pennsylvania, there's a ton of work, and I go, you know, you're right. You are yeah. right. So we have found, you know, it's been a weird year, especially for artists and, and people working in the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're a couple months in uh, to things are starting to reopen. Things are, you know, Hollywood is filming again, which is weird and strange. Yeah. But, like, interesting to watch all my friends doing movies and TV uh, with, like, face shields on. And we're yeah, it's right. just part of. So, what, Timmy, what have you been doing during all of this to help you find joy? Or what are some things that have brought you joy during, during our global pandemic? Yeah, great question, man. So, I will say one of the things that has made this both difficult but also incredibly joyful is having children through this mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, we, you know, as a family, like, we've just been, they're, they're doing fully remote school here um so good, they're good. always here um <laughs> you know which which there are moments where you're you're just you have a handful of hair um <laughs> mostly mine sometimes no i'm just kidding um but but there you know there's there's uh there's also a lot of joy to having these little guys they are in a perfect age because they're not toddlers or babies where mm-hmm. you constantly have to be watching them which would which i don't know how people are doing that 
um, and trying to work from home, you know, just all of that, or find childcare if they mm-hmm. can't work from home. Um, but these guys are seven years old and nine. And so, you know, to be able to have these, these guys who just are in this such, such a fun stage where they actually want to be around us. So they're really, they're, they don't really mind. They're not at the point in their childhood where like, they're so dependent on friends. Mm-hmm. Like they have friends mm-hmm. at school, but they're not like, it's not all about friends. Like it will be in four, three, right. four years, you know? Right. Um, and so like, we've just, you know, we've, we've gotten into just hiking together, um, being outside, biking. Um, we got a dog last year. So playing with the dog, um, board games at home, movies. We, so <laughs> they just got into Star Wars. Uh, Amazing. We, yes. Harry Potter also. Like, this has been a pandemic defined by Star Wars and Harry Potter. Listen, um, there are worse things to have a pandemic uh, uh, right? defined by, right? Yeah. Right, right. So creatively, it's interesting because the kids have made it difficult for me to maybe some like I'm also a you know a writer, um, mm-hmm. aspiring screenwriter like everybody. Um, of course, but uh, that that's kind of shut down. I have had no time to really write, you know, because mm-hmm. if you do any writing, it, it it takes time to get settled in, yes, uh, get into the zone, and then really get productive. And I just don't have that. I don't have that time. You know? yeah. I uh, um, through October uh, because I'm a designer. I typically always see my designer friends make cute, beautiful Inktober drawings. Yes, and yes. oddly enough, it's the dramaturgy and like character building side of design that I love. The like, okay, let's build the character with the director. And so I don't always love to sit down and draw because uh, yeah. I get frustrated about detail and things. So what I did this year was because I've always been terrified of writing. I forced my side, bought a prompt book, and I sat down every day and I. October and I pinned two pages of whatever based on a prompt in wow, real ink. Yeah. And so that was my October, but it's really funny. I've tr- I'm trying to continue it into November just because it is a good That's way. Amazing. It's, I don't, I, my therapist says that I should be journaling, but like, it feels so masturbatory to sit down and just be mm. like, today I felt these feelings <laughs> and I'm experiencing these things, dear journal friend. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't seem as weird to sit down and go, ah, I'm going to talk about if, what if fairies existed and we're running an undercity of crime in New York. That's much <laughs> easier to write about for me. Uh, yeah. But like the last two nights, I've literally gotten home from work, sat down, I bought like a, a blanket I like to, to like curl up and write on. It's very uh-huh. soft. And then just last two nights, I just sat there and I stared at the book and went, mm, I can't do this right now. <laughs> and then last night I went, mm, I don't. So I'm, I'm starting yeah. to understand the, that I can't just sit down and launch into it, that I've got to right. go, okay, yeah. I need my, it's, it's part of a, a ritual at this point. And so I was yeah. like, if I don't check all those boxes or I'm mentally not there, it's just yeah. not. It's not happening. Yep. It's not <laughs> happening. A buddy of mine's a, a journal, uh, not journalist. He's a um, a novelist, and uh, he 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 says shutting down your editor. That's what he calls kind of shutting down the uh, the left brain. You know, yes. Just like you have to give space to be like, okay, you need to shut up mm-hmm. and let let creative brain have its way. We yep. can edit later, but that yes. takes time. It, it does. Takes time. It does. And, it- Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 and I was going to say, and I'm also one of those people that I don't catch a lot of my flaws when I will edit myself because I'll remember mm. the tone of what it's supposed to sound like. So yeah, I have yeah. one, one dear friend who's a theater human with me, and I'll just be like, can you read over these things? And she'll be like, yes, I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. I got <laughs> that was great. So yeah, well, 
all that to say really quick. Um, no, 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 the reason I brought I brought that up was you know you find uh, creative outlets that wouldn't necessarily be you know fall under the typical mm-hmm. umbrella of the arts. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or, or, um, and one of those is like as a voice actor, literally like reading Harry Potter and doing all the voices for the kids. Oh um, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's an audience mm-hmm. of two. Uh, sometimes my wife hops in and the dog's always there. Um, but like to see them like fully engaged and, you know, mm-hmm. asking when can we read it again? Um, and to see them not be, and again, they're at this age where they're not annoyed by dad doing mm-hmm. all the voices. They actually right. like it, you know? Right. So I do the narrator in an English accent and I do, I do, you know, a hybrid character. Some are more like the movies. Some are just my own. Yeah. And and that really is like its own kind of creative outlet, you know. Yeah. Um. So so that's been that's been a real source of joy for me because I was a big fan of the books before this and being able to share it with them. Me too. You know? Me too. Well, and so it's got kind of between you know even without the movies, they have two very prolific audio versions of the Harry Potter books, which yes. are, people are very polarized about. They are very very yes. polarized. They're either Stephen Fry or they are Jim that's Dale. Right. Jim, I, yeah. I'm a sucker and love both of them. Um, But, okay, so I'm going to launch in as, like, an art person to talk to you about this. What is it (laughs) like? So I'm assuming that you've watched the movies and, you know, you're you're very immersed in. What is it like to sit down and then suddenly find yourself building a character that has been fleshed out by so many other people or is in such kind of a pop culture lexicon? What is... Yeah. And just as a voice actor person, even though it's for your kids, what is that like sitting down and having to create your Hermione or your Hagrid yeah. for your sons who are experiencing this for the very first time. Right, right, exactly. Well, in some, in some cases, um, it's almost impossible not to channel the already existing performance right. because they were cast so well, right? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot, you could not have cast Snape better than... It's with, so true. Uh, you know, with, with Alan Rickman. Um, and so no matter how hard I try to try and create my own Snape, I always, it's like, it's like a gravity well. I just fall back into doing this kind of like Snape thing. you like, you can't, you can't not. Right. It's true. And, and Dumbledore, the, I am a, I am a, I prefer the first Dumbledore. Oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot remember his Richard his Harris. Name. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Just because of the more of the warmth, he's a little mm-hmm. on the old side. Mm-hmm. The the um, second Dumbledore, and I should know his name too. And Michael I cannot, Gambon. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I love. I certainly love him. He just. I felt like his performance lacked some of the warmth, yes. uh, and some of the compassion that it was so mm-hmm. so captured in the first. But the you know, Mike Michael uh, Michael Harris, the first Richard the first Harris. Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. Good. Yeah. You're good. Um, You're good. <laughs> all right. Richard Harris was was definitely like was old. Mm-hmm. You know, he was mm-hmm. it was at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. That was one of the last roles he ever played. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I you know I kind of do this, you know, warm kind of almost like David Attenborough meets um Richard Harris, you know. And, yes. Um and I can't like I I can't really get away from from the Richard Harris mm-hmm. one. I just it's it's just to me. So anyway, there there's those, but then there are other ones that uh, have been a lot of fun. Um, to kind of, it, I feel like when I'm reading Harry, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not channeling Dan Radcliffe. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more kind of just, Harry is the straight man. He's the kind yeah. of, you know, and, and so it's been fun. Cause I feel like I'm actually acting when I'm playing those characters, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, I'm actually, 
I'm actually putting um, emotion and thought into those. And really, that those are the roles where I'm not focused on the on sounding like anything. I'm just right. acting, you know. Yeah. Um, and those have kind of, you know, obviously Hermione is going to be a little higher pitched, mm-hmm. um, but I don't I don't try and overly affect affect my voice oh, no. to do Hermione. No. So and Ron, you know, Ron is those are the three that are part of it. So it's really been fun mm-hmm. to to kind of try and capture really more focus on the personalities than than the actual the the affects of the voice. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends on the character. Obviously, Hagrid, like again, another perfect casting. Yeah. You know, like you, I I couldn't possibly replicate his his voice, but I, you know, he just did such a great job. You read the mm-hmm. books, and you you cannot hear. Right. Hagrid without hearing his voice. Right. Again, an actor's name I it's blanking on. Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I have a weird Harry Potter section of my brain. Uh, and no, I, yeah, love no I love it. I agree with you. I was I came up in a very Christian household as Harry oh, Potter me too. was emerging. Um, okay. And uh, I was not allowed to read them, so I snuck them. And so no. I didn't see the movies until probably the third movie was the first time I saw a Harry Potter film. Wow. And okay. so, but I realized, like, watching it, I went... Oh, these characters sound just like the actors sound very much like the characters just did in my brain. Um, yeah. There's just kind of a, a thing that that happened. Um, I mean, yeah. as an actor, it's not bad because you know, Cursed Child's going to run for a thousand years, and you very <laughs> much look like the, the the Harry that's been in it. So, who knows? Yeah. It could, it could right. benefit. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know what? I actually uh, wrote to the the publisher recently to, mm-hmm. to ask for permission. Because uh, I've been enjoying this so much, I'm like, I would, I'd love to. I'm sure, even though, yes, Jim Dale mm-hmm. and um, uh, Stephen Fry are like they're incomparable. Uh, I, I still feel like I, this is something I'm, I'm halfway decent at, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'd love to read it, like to, to read it online for people. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted, I wanted to get permission for it because you know it's like, I could, I could build, and I would love to do more audiobooks. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole, a whole segment that's hard to kind of a whole nut that's tough to yeah. crack. So I'm like, if I could borrow, you know, build a following uh, of people and have a little side sidebar where I teach people how to do different accents and stuff like that, that could be a YouTube channel right there. But I agree. Uh, still trying agree. to flesh out the legality. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, because like JK has an ironclad uh, uh, legal team. Yes. Uh, even though she's oh, not yes. in many, she's not in her publisher's good graces right now. So who knows? Maybe they'll <laughs> right. let you do it. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, so, so Harry Potter and Star Wars. Yes. I love. It must be. Uh, were you a Star Wars fan before oh, uh, yes. introducing your sons? Great. So oh, that yes. must be very very fun to kind of watch yeah. them interact with that universe for the first oh, time. It is. What yeah. are some what are some other media that you've been consuming either with with your with your uh, sons or or just things that you finally found time for or have revisited? Yeah, good question. With uh at least with them, they this is the first time we have kind of like I didn't grow up and maybe you're the same. I did not grow up with video games. We we did not have I didn't video either, games. Yeah. Um, and some of that was imprinted on me as I become a parent. Like I don't I've really been hesitant to to let our kids be overly engaged mm-hmm. with with just screen mm-hmm. time and media. Like we're not we're not full prohibitive on it, but right. um, this the, in this uh, time we kind of you know this is are here all the time. We wanted some some things that they could also do, and so we let them start doing uh, Minecraft. Ooh, um, that one's fun. Yeah, and so they've been they've been just eating it up, you know. Mm-hmm. And and there's a whole level of creativity and just openness. Yeah. To that game that 
we feel like you know they they really are they really are being creative and mm-hmm. and they're reading they've got books mm-hmm. on Minecraft they've yes. been reading them um and they you know I finally just started playing a little bit with them um and that's been fun just to they, they're really good at it like mm-hmm. it's amazing to me they're really good and they know so much about like how kids uh how they just they just figure these things out yes um, and like, this is one of the first times where I've like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, on the older end of the millennial spectrum, but I'm still a millennial, um, where I felt like an old person, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like usually yeah. us millennials, like we're good at technology, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but this, this was like something I could figure it out. Like eventually yeah. I'd figure it out if I really wanted to, but still it was just, it was amazing to see how, you know, how kids just, just absorb stuff and, oh, and yeah. can do it so fast. Yeah, I went and played a little, and I thought it was interesting, and then I definitely, I saw, like, what some of these kids are doing, and I was like, this is for them. I love what they are doing with (laughs) this. And then I had Animal Crossing, which was fine, because it's similar (laughs) things, just a little less exciting than Minecraft, but sometimes all I want to do is plant pumpkins and water them, and then, you know, (laughs) it's fine. I get to decorate a house I don't have to pay for. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) That's that's so wonderful. That's really neat. Now, you've Uh, got, you know, we're in a time where theater does not exist right now, really. There's two two theaters in the country that have been able to make theater professionally, according to equity in their states. Um, And, uh, you know, we're getting back in, but Broadway's not reopening, which means national tours aren't reopening. Uh, But there's been a lot of readings online, a lot of people that have been using this as an opportunity. But you got to be part of a really particularly interesting uh, project where you got to make an actual movie during yeah. our pandemic time. So yes. uh, everybody knows a bit about the movie now. Uh, uh, Join Call, which is combines you know, D&D, which is one of my favorite things. Uh-huh. Um, now, how did you get involved with this project? Yeah, so Ash Blodgett, uh, who is the director and mm-hmm. uh, kind of conceived it with, uh, with, her, with her, one of her partners, um, was was a, a kind of a friend of mine that we had kind of collaborated on some things in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago, she had been working on a, a web series about zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's talked to you at all about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I was, it was like a, a zombie sitcom was the idea. It never really got traction because of some different, you know, some different mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but I, she had remembered me from seeing me do improv with my, you know, we are really good friend, mutual friend, uh, Ryan self, who I did improv with musical improv with. Um, and, uh, so she and her, the, the kind of creative partner at the time, uh, remembered me from that. And they cast me in that role as a sitcom dad. Um, and, and a lot of times it's kind of, you know, it's kind of how these things happen. If, if you have a good relationship, working relationship, mm-hmm. they just, you know, directors remember you. And, yes. Uh, and we've kind of stayed in touch and Ash brought me on because they there was a character that really kind of actually matched my current life right now. <laughs> uh, a dad at home. Um, and so, yeah, she she kind of had had me in mind once again for this and, you know, pitched the idea to me and. And it was really, you know, as someone who's in some ways, you know, while I've kind of talked about some of the creative things that I've been able to do, like I've still been somewhat creatively starved, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. oh, it has been mostly kids and and doing work when I can, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so to be able to actually do a, a short film in in the middle of, of a time when so much has been stopped, like it was 
both both exciting creatively, but also just felt important. You know, like yeah. here's a, this is a means to document this moment that we're all living mm-hmm. through using the tools of the moment, which is Zoom or um, in this case, uh, we shot it on uh, on. Oh, good. Good Lord. What's my problem? The discourse. Uh, this, this shows how much I do video gaming. Um, uh, they, we, we shot it over discourse, uh, discord. And um, the uh, you know, it was just to me such an amazing opportunity to to really yeah, to, it was to, to document uh, this moment through the lens of D&D, which, you know, people all over the world have been doing this. Yes, the same absolutely. thing. Yeah. Uh, so just, yeah, it was just really exciting to, for on many levels to be part of. That's awesome. Now, did you have experience with D and D beforehand or this was this brand new for you? Believe it or not, it is brand new for me. Interesting. Um, yeah. I've, as a voice actor and as a fantasy lover, I'm also a big fan of Lord of the Rings and I've, I've read the, the King Killer Chronicles and Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I've, I wouldn't say I'm officially a fantasy nerd, but I am a fantasy nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am. I, and and so I should be doing D&D. Like, I would love it. I know I would, and people have said that. I just have never been in a season of my life where it was, like, in front of me to be able to right. jump in, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know someday I will, but <laughs> it just, I haven't been able to, to be able to do it yet. So this was kind of my first really, like, even you know, casual boring to D and D. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You now, do it a lot? I I don't do it as much as I would like to. On the other side of my computer is a tray full of dice. I do have a dice purchasing. Uh. I have a dice purchasing issue. Um, <laughs> I have several character sheets just sitting there ready to go. Um, I've been playing with people for some time. Um but I've been actually more into listening to like really well produced let's play podcasts. Oh, uh, nice. So that have been really interesting. I have friends that have made an amazing one that like I sat in the car and cried to the other day because oh, someone wow. died. And I was just like, "What am I doing? This is a D and D podcast. What's happening?" <laughs> um, but it, it's and so when when Pat and Ash were talking about, they were like, "Yeah, we're doing this like D and D Zoom movie," and I was like. I love all of these things. <laughs> I, uh, all these things I love. So let's let's talk about as an actor and as a voice actor. This is something you probably do a lot, which is work from home behind yep. and not even necessarily film, but recording and working on your own remotely and not necessarily interacting. What was it like as an actor to have to film via like Discord? And yeah, yeah. still work and do ensemble work and interact with the director, but none of you were in the same room together. Right? Yeah, it was it was really different uh, and challenging in some ways because uh, you know usually the beauty of being an actor, even even when you're you're doing something um, even on a low budget short mm-hmm. uh, or or you know sketch or something like that. You know, if if there's any kind of crew, like the crew mm-hmm. handles the crew thing, and you get yes. to do the acting yeah. thing, yeah. right? And you focus on your craft. Yes. Uh, in this case, you know, Ash was a was a champ in terms of talking me through. The, and I've shot some stuff, but not to the level that that Ash really was was trying mm-hmm. to aspire to. Um, so the, you know, having to figure out to be the DP, you know, to be the mm-hmm. the gaffer, to be the um, the best boy, you know, to be able to, yeah. to handling all the all the technical side to be to be the sound running sound uh, and mm-hmm. then acting, uh, you know, and also doing the all the slating and, and everything like 
it was it was really uh, it was a challenge. Uh, but once we got into a groove, uh, it was then nice to be able to settle back into the the play mm-hmm. acting side, you know, and like really mm-hmm. get to enjoy getting to actually to actually perform and act. Um, I will say, as a, I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. um, so it was it was tough being by myself in this room. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Technically, yes, working with everybody, but not being able to connect, you know, and get right. to know my castmates. You know, you, you even, you even, uh, even uh, said Ash and Pat. I a few seconds ago, I was having problems remembering Pat's name because I haven't. <laughs> a- yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. we haven't met. Like we haven't mm-hmm. actually met. We've talked in a group on Discord, but we've never met. You know right. what I mean? Right. Uh, and that's, uh, that is, that was real. I missed that. I really missed getting to, to know people. Like even some of my castmates, if I walked past them on the street, I wouldn't necessarily recognize them. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's just really strange because that, that, that kind of flies in the face of, of this, this medium, yeah. right? Which is very relational to be able to have on screen chemistry. It's about having a, an off screen relationship. Mm-hmm. At least it should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't uh, wasn't possible. It just wasn't. Yeah. You know, we're all in different states, and um, and and I've I've kept myself available and open to be able to go to LA mm-hmm. for things like this. But you know, that's just for that wasn't going to happen anyway. Right. Yes. Um, oh yeah. With this, it was just not. It was no. not possible. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so you know, it was it was challenging, and it was, but it was also um, it was also a lot of fun, and I was I was so glad. I can't wait to. I know, like, once you see the final product, too, like, that adds a whole level of, like, you know, oh, this was this is so cool, you know, yeah. to be part of. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So what was it like building the actual character? Because I know Ash, Ash uh, and I were, she was on my Disney show. We were talking about Pirates of the Caribbean as the script was being finalized and they were doing casting and things. Okay, wow. And she talked about how it was really wonderful that she and Pat, when they were developing it, all the characters were numbered. And so there wasn't even gender specifically yeah. with a lot of them. And they really leaned into the personality and building it that way. So what was that like to... Uh, you know, cause for anyone out there listening, I don't, I don't know who wouldn't know this yet, but you know, <laughs> most actors really lean into connecting and dealing with the emotional context so that they are sure. tapped into that character and they can give a genuine, um, performance. What was that like for you to, to get that kind of character who, you know, the character themselves isn't getting to interact with the other people. How, right. What was, did it change any of your process of what you would normally do when you approach this character? Um, I will say like, sometimes you're lucky where you, you, you get a role that mirrors very much your own life. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this case it, it really did. Um, so it was very easy for me to be able to put myself in this, this position of the kind of exasperated husband and and parent who, (laughs) Who is, you know, you just, you have these moments, like I've even, the, you know, last week, a moment where the kids are running around screaming because mm-hmm. they're just playing and you are looking out the window uh, into space just thinking, good God, what does my life become? <laughs> what, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. I hate this. I hate this. You know what I mean? Like not, not the overall, but just the moment you're in, sometimes Mm -hmm. you really genuinely just have that, that feeling. I remember having it when, with babies, when the babies wouldn't sleep or when the babies would be sick and throwing up all over the Mm -hmm. place. Like you just, you are in a moment that you're like, I absolutely 
hate this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you draw on those things for any character, even if it's not a one-to-one you know, relationship. Obviously, with, with acting, you want to draw on real feelings and emotions. Right. Um, even if, yeah, even if it's, you know, not, even if you're playing a character who lost their, their spouse, even if mm-hmm. you didn't lose your spouse, you can draw on similar feelings to inform the honesty of that performance, right? Yes. In this case, absolutely. it was, it was one-to-one. So <laughs> it didn't take a lot. It, it wasn't a big leap for me to just mm-hmm. be able to, even, even in the moment of feeling frustrated of, of like, for instance, my camera. Uh, I didn't realize my SD card was only eight gigs, which means I had to keep dumping footage every shot. <laughs> oh no! Cause you know what I mean? Oh, when you're filming in that much HD, that is that eats up a lot of it. Does oh, oh. yeah. So like even even then, like the frazzledness, like that was mm-hmm. that was my character is the frazzled. He keeps getting pulled mm-hmm. off screen, mm-hmm. um, and I was you know I had many frazzled moments. So. Um, yeah, in this, in this particular case, it was, it was rather easy <laughs> to draw, to draw on that. And that's one of the reasons Ash thought of me, cause I've been living it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and in some regards it was actually harder to remember not to be, you know, to start the start, you know, at the beginning, we're hoping to have a really great session, right. you know? And so remembering like at the beginning, well, things are fine, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's as things spin out of control yeah yeah um but but yeah it it wasn't it wasn't a big leap for me (laughs) yeah we never we never want to play the end we don't want to play the end which can be now did you all film it in sequential oil oh oil (laughs) sequential order (laughs) (laughs) it's very nice on the skin nice You know what? That is the one thing during all of this. We can at least focus on skincare. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just right. sitting there with a jade roller while you're doing scene work. I get That's it. right. Uh, I've got your pumice stone within reach all the time. All the time. You know what? Bath and Birdie Works might be closed, but you can get things from online. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so did you all film this in sequential order? Was it kind of one big, long shoot day? What was the, what was the kind of yeah. shoot like? Ash is, is incredibly organized. I mean, she's, she's good at her job, especially because she's also wearing many hats a lot mm-hmm. of times when she's doing mm-hmm. things like this. Um, so she, you know, is being both producer, director, you know, even scheduling cord- production coordinator. Um, so Ash blocked out uh, every shot, you know, with her storyboarding. Um, so, it, so she had a basically edited uh, before we even shot this, so she knew at which mm-hmm. point what characters are going to be on, on screen. What, you know, there are little Discord boxes mm-hmm. at the same time, and so she scheduled it all around. You know, it was one day, but I wasn't just on. You know, waiting right. all day. Right, I had like three hours off uh, in the afternoon, uh, and I didn't start super early. Um, so Ash had organized it, and we, I think we we did try to get kind of one at least in the rehearsal one a couple just full run-throughs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the nature of it made it difficult to be able to really shoot this. And that was the original right. idea, was to, to try and shoot this all at once and then do coverage. Um, mm, that's, but, yeah. that's terrifying. That's yeah, a terrifying yeah. thought. Yeah, I know. So, um, so yeah, it was. she had it color-coded and all the shots, like, uh, in, in different... And she kind of just went around, you know, and, and mm-hmm. made sure to get everything she needed. Um, so, you know, there are some points where we were all on camera together and then other points where it was just like me and, and two other mm-hmm. actors. 
Um, but yeah, I was, I was like, I couldn't, this is why I'm an actor. I could not have this kind of level mm-hmm. of organization. Mm-hmm. Ash just, I'm working on another project with her and I'm just always so impressed by her brain just works so very differently from mine, you know? I love that. So, yeah, that's so good. We need organized people and we all don't we do. need to be perfect at everything because that's why yeah. we have other people. We all, that's it's, right. it is super collaborative. Uh, yes. and so, you know, and it's, it's, I always have to remind when I was teaching my students would be like, Oh, the actors can't stand in their light. And I was like, listen, they have a lot also going on with this as well. So you can't be mad yeah. just cause they missed their, their, that little spot that one time, you know, we want them yeah. to be in their light, but you know, everybody's, right. we all do what we do for a reason. And it takes all of us to create yeah. these things. Right. Um, so I, I love that. So I, so tell us a little bit about the character, a more of what was their, what was their like race class? What did they play? Yeah. Um, yeah those yeah. kinds of things. So I'm, I'm playing Hugh, who is a, mm-hmm. uh, white dad, um, cis, cis white dad. Um, and he's, he's got a wife and, uh, two kids, which is my situation. Yep. Um, and he's, uh, I, you know, I don't actually think we, we even got into what, what Hugh does for a living. I, my, you know, my, my feeling, and I think how I informed it was that he was just kind of, a, you know, probably worked somewhere and it could have been in finance mm-hmm. or could have been, uh, you know, a, a more or less white collar kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And D and D is really this guy's creative outlook outlet, mm-hmm. especially, especially in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this this is his group to escape with from, you know, from the family, from from the responsibilities when there's no, you know, when there's no quarantine. He gets to leave the house and go have these, you know, these sessions with his friends. Yeah. Um, and everybody's trying to to preserve that in some way, even though it's, you know, even though it, the best example to me is actually when I had kids like mm-hmm. there. You know, the, the stages of grief and the yes. first being denial. Yes. Well, when you have kids, like you do go through a grieving of the loss of your autonomy and the loss of your freedom. And a lot of the, the, the just the things that you were used to before, those things go away um, and you grieve that, you know, and, and, and part of that grief is literally denial. Like mm-hmm. and I remember it was a week after our, our son was born. Uh, I was like, we're going out to eat. we're going out to eat, and <laughs> we're gonna have our friends. They're gonna go the people we always mm-hmm. would go out to eat with. Like we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're like, it's gonna be fine. The baby's gonna sleep, and we'll be fine. <laughs> we got there, sat down, ordered, and the baby started crying. And my wife had never fed a baby in public before, <sighs> and wasn't about to start mm-hmm. at this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we got up and we left. And I just remember feeling <sighs> so like, ah. Uh, it's like I just wanted to go out to dinner, and you know, it's like that's <laughs> denial. Like, yeah, absolutely, right? And the realization, like, no, this is not gonna, this is not gonna be the same. You mm-hmm. can't, you know. And I think that that's really like this character, uh, and a lot of the characters in this are in that same zone where they're like, no, we, this is so meaningful to us. This is what we want to do, and we can, we can still make it happen. Like, we can still engage in this thing that we love in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just doesn't, you know, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to be the same. Right. It doesn't mean that it's going to be bad or it's, you have to get rid of it altogether. It's mm-hmm. not going to be the same. 
And I think that this, you know, part of my character and a lot of our characters is kind of the the grieving of, of the loss of that autonomy and the loss of being able to, you know, and it's a comedy, um, but obviously comedy is all about truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, on top for my character, on top of losing the ability to engage with his friends uh, in, in this meaningful way in person, he's, he's being interrupted constantly. Mm-hmm which means there's this added level of frustration that that was one of the reasons he's doing this is to actually Mm -hmm. have an escape for a little while, you know, just his own autonomy, his own place, you know, uh, and, and D and D provides that for, you know, there's all many levels that that provides, but for him, it's also, uh, it's also a kind of a escape and a, it's just some autonomy because you don't have a lot of it as a parent, regardless of, of what's right. going on in the world. Right. Yeah. It's, it's something so much when people I'm one of my things that I've been doing during all of this is Amazon has old sixties and seventies game shows on prime. Uh-huh. And so oh. I've just been watching a lot of match <laughs> game because it's something I can throw on in the background. You know, it is, it is a no stakes for me. I can enjoy it. And it's, I always think, um, it's so interesting that especially at that point when we talk about where we are and why we are having discourse that we are now, every woman specifically and a lot of the the men who are parents, they like describe themselves as parents and how happy they were to have these two children before mm-hmm. they talked about themselves in their career. And I think we still focus on such a way that the greatest thing for people to be is parents and that they somehow have to lose their autonomy as humans and as individuals. And so I think it's so interesting that you all, that you specifically are talking about this and it's in the movie because, uh, especially a lot of my friends, you know, I'm in my mid thirties approaching 40 and just reminding them that I'm like, you're still people outside of your kids. It's okay. Like it is okay to feel selfish and want to do things for your own. And I think that's a really important thing for people to talk about Uh, with as difficult as it's been, you know, talking about being in the house with all of your family members all All the day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and that can be so trying and kids have very, kids can be lovely, but have very specific needs and wants and, and, you know, and they're learning to be a human being. So it's, it's good that that is a conversation we're having. Yeah. Uh, Now I, you were talking about how, you know, things are changing and we're going to have to kind of, talk about this in discourse after when I think we're prepared to have these conversations of we've all experienced this thing. Now we need to break it down and, uh, have a, an adult, I hate saying the adult way, but having a way that we all kind of process and move forward. And for a lot of people, I think in our age groups, it's, Oh, I don't have as many people in my life as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's how am I now going to, make sure I make time to not necessarily make new friends. Cause you hit an age where you're like, I don't want to meet new people to be <laughs> yeah. good friends with. I just, I don't have it in me. I can't, right. I don't, Oh, I don't want to yeah. go pretend I like another couple if I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so, you know, I think we're seeing socially how uh, some things are going to need to change and how we can all better take care of ourselves. And I think industry wise, we're also seeing a lot of changes. We're having conversations for the first time. So what are some things that you're seeing that you think that we're going to have some positive change and positive outcome from what we've been having to kind of collectively experience together, whether it's as a person or as a artist creator? 
Sure. I mean, I would like one of the things I've thought about just from even a public health standpoint is like mm-hmm. we have been really cavalier about our health, right? Like yes. 40,000 yes. <laughs> 40, people die of the flu every year because mm-hmm. wh- why? Like that's like when people are like, well, it's just like the flu. I'm like, well, that we should be fixing that too like yeah. we should have forty thousand people die a year of the flu like i'm gonna keep wearing a mask i think in the winter <laughs> me too you know what I mean? me like, too mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable that we we you know when you think about it we show up to the grocery store at a restaurants sick or we mm-hmm. go to we go to work sick <gasps> going you know? to work sick i cannot going to eat like i just that's something that i've always done it just because that's what we do as artists and theater people and we don't want to call out but it's something i now have a completely different perspective over yeah yeah exactly it's just thinking about how especially vulnerable people like how Mm -hmm. my choices can have direct impacts because obviously a flu is a sucky thing to go through but it can be a horrible thing to go through if you're vulnerable you know and yeah and so thinking about my neighbor you know, thinking about my community mm-hmm. from that perspective, um, even with a cold, like I, I just it sh- it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion that anything is just an anything. You know, it's just right. a cold. You know, no, I, right. it's not just a cold. Not anymore. Not the way I think about it anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, this impacts people and it impacts, you know, especially the most vulnerable. So a cold can keep someone from being able to go to work or sending their kid to school, which means that they lose income or they lose mm-hmm. their job or you know, so there's there's certainly that. Um, I also think um, just kind of in terms of our thinking about why why do we do what we do? We always need these adjustments in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we do things because that's mm-hmm. what you do. Like that, and and when you when you actually unpack like why we do. So for instance, what I'm thinking about is like the forty hour work week. Now I'm a voice yeah. actor. I don't I don't fall into that so much, mm-hmm. but. We just do 40-hour work weeks. Some people do way more, but we assume, like, that is the normal. But we have – the reason there's a 40-hour work week was because of labor. And labor Mm – the labor unions got that in place because it used to be way worse, right? Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean that 40 hours was the established, like, you have to do this 40 hours, right? Um, And I think that there there would be a really positive shift in the way we view work in terms of stop thinking in terms of – particular time and start thinking about quality mm-hmm. of the work and getting it done in the time that needs to get done. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe some weeks that would be more than 40 hours. Some mm-hmm. weeks, maybe, maybe it's only 15, maybe mm-hmm. people can get their work done in 15 hours and they can mm-hmm. be with their families, you know, and they can but, work from home and they're still getting, and they get a paid a living wage that is based on the quality of work yes. they do and their experience. It's yeah. the first, every time I travel to the UK, it is shocking to me when they go, yeah, I'm going in at 10, we're off at 3, we get an hour and a half for lunch, and I still get everything done. And I was like, what do you mean you get everything? Like, right. what? Or the the conversation that when theaters are going, oh, maybe we only need a five-day week, not a six-day, 16 hours a day mm-hmm. week. You know, maybe we do five hours, uh, you know, five days of 10 hours a day because yeah. we could get things done. Um, yeah, you were yeah, so correct. I just think this is that'll be a positive thing that it's made us actually think, why do we do the things Mm -hmm. that we do? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we should always every I don't know, every at least every generation should reevaluate the why of the everything we do. Right. Every generation so that you don't just do things because that's what you do. Like that we should never do that with anything. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and that 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 covers everything from right. how we do relationships, how we do mm-hmm. faith and religion. Like, mm-hmm. why you know, like, there's just there's so many things we get stuck in the same old, and when that's you just do it. That's just what yeah. you do, and I I rage against that. You know. Yeah. Like I wanna, I wanna be a person of like who does things with intention because this is this is a short life, you know. Yes. <laughs> I don't have time for that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's no 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 interest to, to me. And I I do think that we could come out of this with a little bit more introspection that could help make things, you know, work better for more people. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. And uh, the, the biggest thing that's been for me, especially uh, being in Florida and I mm. work adjacent to theme parks yeah. uh, where where people are going, it's good that we have 50,000 people a day in a Disney park. And I go, is it? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> Let's talk about that. But when, you know, the other day I had a, co- uh, a coworker scoff when I said caring about each other's health and wellness shouldn't be political. Mm-hmm. Caring about like public health isn't political. Right. Being empathetic is not political. No. Basic human decency at no point should be political. We should want to do things just because it's better for everyone. Right. Do I necessarily want to wear a cloth mask when it's 105 out? Absolutely not. But am I going to do it because I care about the people I'm around? Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, we're so culturally behind so many other countries mm. in, and uh, I have friends who've been living and teaching in Japan and they were like, you know, it's in Asian culture. Masks have been a thing for years. Yeah, and I, right. I, feel, I feel when one of my female friends was like, yeah, women wear them when they don't want to wear makeup and they just <laughs> want to go to work. And I was like, do you know how many women would be so happy? I think to wear masks because then they just don't have to wear makeup. Right. Or when I I get sinus infections quite a bit, which aren't particularly mm. contagious, but you know I still have to go to work and things. But yeah. if I can wear a mask and know that I'm not going to get somebody else sick, or I'm, it's not going to be weird with me sitting there going, <laughs> you know, that's just so. It's just things that these are things that. I agree with you. I'm probably going to wear masks for at least another year, if not longer, yeah, yeah. just because it's it's convenient. Also, we the shocking thing was when most people didn't know how to wash their hands. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah it's just there are things where I go, America. We are so lucky that we haven't been wiped out by things I since know. 1920. Like it's just right. it is. It's things I that know. I'm shocked that we haven't had a worse I know. situation. Well, I feel the exact same way about that and, and about uh, climate change. You know, that's another big one for me. This is yes. not political. This is no. not. Right? This no. is like, yeah. I, well, I, should, I live in this world. <laughs> yes. I, if someone told me that they clean up their home, why would I get offended by that? That's, oh, you're just right. being a political hack because you clean your home. What? No. No, I, w- I care about this planet. It is my home, and I want to do things that are good for the. And I, I abs- happen to love this planet. Like right. I've gotten to explore and swim in its, you know, in its oceans and mm-hmm. and dive and and climb its mountains. Like I want to preserve those things. Yes. Why is that political? Yes, it Why shouldn't it? be. No. Also, who says that we are deserving of depleting natural resources just because we figured out how to harvest them? Right. Like, that's not something we should just be running forward with. Like, I'm not I am not saying anyone out there that I want to live by candlelight. Uh, You know, I like electricity. I like the Internet. But like, we don't 
we don't need to be putting more cars on the road just so that we can all have more cars. Yeah. Like, right. you know, electric, the fact that, like, we don't have a fully funded electric, you know, transportation or the yeah. fact that we don't have electric rail to mm-hmm. every part of the country is just, yeah. these are things that could literally save our world and our country. We're crumbling faster than most places because we are just willingly depleting everything. And it's just, yeah. yeah. I know when they said they found that there was uh, usable water on the moon a few weeks ago and someone joked, they were like, Nestle suddenly goes, can we get to the moon? Can we have? And I went, that's funny, but like, that shouldn't be the first thing I laugh at. Like, I know, ooh, I know. Why we, you know, it's, it's very funny, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, well, this shouldn't be humor. We would. Right, <laughs> Just because it is a very, it's a very real fact yeah. of where we are and what we're, it's true. Of what we're experiencing. Oh, it's so true. I remember, especially during the, like, we just recently had Columbus Day, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, for the last several years, it's people have been trying to move that more mm-hmm. into the idea of Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. Um, because in in Columbus's own writings, he wrote, these these Native people are very nice and very kind. They will be easy to subjugate. Like, that's literally right. what he wrote. He wrote those that verbiage. Um and and in some ways we look back and they're like how what a horrible way of thinking but you just outlined how we still think about that when it comes to our planet like oh, yes. how can i how can i exploit that resource <laughs> you know like we still have a very uh exploitative kind of mindset when it comes yeah. to 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 things you know especially yeah. the, especially our planet yeah. it's ours it's... so we can do with it what we want there, there's still so many aspects that we have not grown at all since we, mm. re, since we revisionist historyed ourselves in the 1950s. Like we, yeah. there are in so many ways that we just haven't grown from that. And I just, I'm hoping mm. that's something we can, you know, uh, you know, uh, parents having to help their kids with you know history work and things. And I'm hoping you know, maybe that will. Uh, Drop some yeah. knowledge in or yeah. people having to have time to read articles and do things right. and read for the first time in a long time. Or Yeah. It's still shocking to me that over 65% of American adults haven't read a book since they were in school. Oh, like really? that is, is that true? Yes. That, that, oh, yeah. Yeah. That came out that. this year. Yeah. And that's lower oh. than it was. It was like 70% a few years ago. Oh. And it's just... Oh, that makes sad. me s- and it makes me sad because I love reading and I finally got back like I've finished grad school so I suddenly had time to read things that wasn't you yeah. know Meis- Meisner theory or the Norton drama anthology yeah right oh. <laughs> talking about Peter Brooks and the empty space and everything which is delightful yeah. if for any artist out there go read Peter Brook empty space it is it will change mm. it the way I'll put you it on my list it's okay. so it is. It's one of those where I sat there and went, I get that this was written like a hundred years ago, but this is all right. Yes, this is good. Ah. And I hadn't, I, I don't know how I'd avoided reading it until grad school. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the same way. I, I, especially with the moment we're in when it comes to Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and, and, you know, racial justice, I, I mm-hmm. finally just read my first Toni Morrison book and I had never read Toni mm-hmm. Morrison before, mm-hmm. you know, kind of realizing like there's, I mean, there, there's this world of, art and um, literature and creativity that that is purposely withheld from us as white mm-hmm. people we're fed mm-hmm. we're fed the the kind of the dominant culture mm-hmm. and that doesn't that's not just race that's both that's gender mm-hmm. and that's sexuality mm-hmm. and, and you go down the line and and you have like it you know it takes an actual jolt 
to knock you out of that track that you're on, that rut. You know, yeah. you, you when you were just consuming what's being what was created for you mm-hmm. and fed to you. Um, and I'm just I'm you know I'm 38, but I'm mm-hmm. grateful that I'm I'm 38 and been able to finally enjoy some Toni Morrison. You know yeah. what I mean? And and be able to to enjoy more of her work and other um, other diverse artists mm-hmm. out there beyond just you know mm-hmm. just people that look like me. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and if you can tie that right back to the pandemic, because that you yeah, know. <laughs> well, and it's it's terrible that people like Brianna Taylor and George Floyd have had to pass away, pass away in violent, mm-hmm. awful ways in order for people to sit down and suddenly go, wait, it shouldn't be political that we're going stop killing black people, stop yeah. killing Latinx people, stop killing trans people, right. and you know it sucks that it's had to take a pandemic for people to have quote unquote time to sit down and think about it right. or time to sit down and have the conversation and listen to other people and go, you know, cause I had someone the other day that's a very close friend that said, I don't agree with the looting. And I said, loot the chain stores, loot the corporate. Cause they're the reason why we for so, you know, so it's, mm. it's, it is nice for those people who have finally uh, white people specifically in the capital Y capital T white people, um, mm. You know, it is good that they are now having to sit down and realize that, like, they should be uncomfortable and it's okay to be uncomfortable because then you yeah. can get to the source of why you feel uncomfortable and right. realize that it is systemic issues that you've been taught. Yeah. Like, you know, it's um, – I did a lot of uh, women in indigeneity courses in my undergrad and mm. that idea that, like, most most things that happen to the indigenous people or First Nations people, it is a tiny blue blocks blurb in a history book the same yeah. with a lot of you know there was martin luther king and white people and black people marched together and then racism was done <laughs> and he died oh no and right. you know that is that is how children are taught some the civil rights movement oh, and it's just yeah. there's just so much more to that and it's i'm oh I'm, yeah you know I'm, I'm not saying that we have solved any of these issues because again we are still don't know what happened in the election and we're having these conversations of why why this matters. And again, why none of this should be political. Why saying black lives matter should not be political because it's not, it is, it should just tap into everyone's basic demon, demon, human (laughs) decency. I feel like demons are more decent than humans are sometimes. Sometimes sometimes they go, maybe I'm a goblin. Maybe we are, maybe, maybe the empathetic people are lizard people. Maybe we aren't humans. Right. Maybe they're like, did you know that there's human people? They're horrible. <laughs> they're horrible. Like, the humans, right? Horrible. Their villains are humans, like it's in, in their movies. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, uh, that's so funny. Uh, so, uh, I guess so. Uh, we've you know we've kind of talked about everything. So yeah, I like to, um, I like to have everybody give kind of a couple sentences, uh, a paragraph of advice that you would give to anyone listening, whether it's career, whether it's just general of the world, what are some things that you kind of been using to remind yourself of how we can keep going or how to like be the Mm -hmm. most positive version of yourself every day? I know this is a deep question. I know it's a reach, but no, I, thankfully I have something to pull from, uh, even though I haven't been the perfect practitioner of it. Um, the last year, my sister introduced me to Eckhart Tolle, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, who wrote the power Mm -hmm. of now, which I would, Mm -hmm. I would, gladly and wholeheartedly recommend that book. Um, but, you know, to me, we have been given a gift in this pandemic, which, of course, is mm. is being present. You know, even though it doesn't feel good. Yes. Um, we have been forced 
we have been forced into the present. Um, and interestingly enough, the, you know, one of what, at least Eckhart Tolle's teachings and many other spiritual teachers, he's not the only one um, to teach this, but the only thing that exists is the present. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, mm-hmm. when it comes to time and, and even, even the universe, as far as we're able to perceive the only thing that exists and, mm-hmm. and to experience as humans is the now. Mm-hmm. There, there's no future. There's no past. There's only now, right? And yet, yeah. we have so many of our emotions that arise out of uh, fear of the future or resentment or anger of the past, right? Um, and and that's, that's, that's taking up so much of the real estate inside of us, you know, mm-hmm. and, we're, and it's, a, you know, and obviously this is to say nothing uh, against mental health care and the need to, you know, many people right. need to see a therapist and, and their mental health illness, mental illnesses are, are real. And so this isn't to say that there's something wrong or to shame someone who feels mm-hmm. anxiety when in fact that um, mm-hmm. they, they need to have that treated. But um, to me, like, I just, especially as an actor and as someone who, like, I, I really did want to leave LA, you know, but my mm-hmm. wife really did. And we had, we kind of were loggerheads for a while. And and uh, I, someone had to give, and I it was me, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I could still three and a half years later still be resisting that, or mm-hmm. I could choose to kind of lean into it and accept, you know, and to be present in this season of life that I'm in, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that to be just so much more rewarding instead of resisting the reality of the present. And right now, you can. We have a culture in America. A, 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 I would like to think it's a small, maybe twenty-five percent or thirty, who are in active resistance to the reality of that we're mm-hmm. in. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just resisting that we're in this pandemic. Right? Mm-hmm. And and the and the reality is no, we're in it, and we yeah. we're in it. So you can resist it, or you can see yourself as part of co- of a community, and mm-hmm. open yourself and to the fact that this is where we are now. Again. There are people that are in, in dire straits economically, and that's mm-hmm. to, not to say just accept, accept it. You know the fact that you mm-hmm. can't, you can't, you know, you can't make income. Like that's, I'm not talking to those people um, at all. Um, and there are obviously lots of in, inequality and inequity that's fueling that problem right there. But anyway, all that to say is finding different. We we we've used the word vector so much these days. So I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll co-opt the word vector not from a public health or viral standpoint but from from this from the perspective of presence finding a vector into the present you know Mm -hmm. and being able to whether that's meditation whether that's simply just accepting the reality that your kids are home all the time and Mm -hmm. and finding ways to lean into that um i think that that we uh there are going to be large aspects of this that we're going to miss you know when Mm -hmm. it when it ends and we're going to we're going to think oh there was a great opportunity there that I missed, right? Absolutely. And I think when we open ourselves to presence and finding those ways to engage in the present, uh, we can really get a lot of the a lot of the honey out mm-hmm. of out of mm-hmm. this. It's obviously it's a lot of bitterness, and there's a lot of of really really dire things going on. You know, it's a pandemic, so people are getting sick and dying. Um, but I think that there also are opportunities in this time, you know, and yeah. finding ways to be present in it. Right? That would be, that would be, that's the first thing that came to mind. 
I Sorry, love that. that's, that's, that's incredible. No, that is absolutely incredible. I cannot think of better words to end on. Well, oh, good. Good. Timmy, where can everyone find you online? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, let's see. Well, I am on Instagram as at Timmy Morg. Uh, I would just take the A-N off Morgan, uh, Timmy Morg. Um, I'm also on, uh, I'm also on, his, uh, um, sorry, Twitter, uh, at Timmy Morgan. Um, I'm on YouTube. People can go see some of my stuff. I haven't been posting a lot of stuff on YouTube recently, but if people want to go on YouTube, they can also find me at, at Timmy Morgan. They can watch some of my old sketches or I used to do stand up, So there's some stand up on there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's mainly, nice. I'd say those are my main, main places to go check me out. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Do you wake up every morning, roll over, and check your favorite social media feed, only finding that you wish you had never looked at all? Well, Inklings is here to lift those doldrums during month of November. Inklings is a fictional short story podcast that will run daily on weekdays during the month of November from Dreamer Productions, the Dole and Dreams podcast, and Isolation Cast, Voices from Quarantine. Let your mind run to its deepest desires in the isolation of imagination. The stories will run two to ten minutes, so take a break for yourself and enjoy Inklings, your daily short story indulgence. You can find Inkling by liking and subscribing the Dollop and Dreams podcast, as well as Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. And thank you, Timmy Morgan, for being today's guest. Now, don't forget, uh, you can go over to Ash's YouTube on November 20th to see the premiere of Join Call. I've, from what I've seen, I am so excited for you all to see it. Now, also, don't forget, every weekday through November... You can catch Inklings, our short story fictional podcast. The subjects range from everything, and we really think you all will enjoy it. And we even have some guest writers along the way. Now, you all have enjoyed Inklings so much that we are going already working on a season two. So if you are a fictional writer, reach out to us and submit a short story for us to add to the audio drama for season two. As always, like, subscribe, rate, review, and download. It's super important that you download and that you add those likes and everything because it helps us get bumped up in the charts. And if you are working on an artistic project or you have something really fantastic that is about to come out, reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show. Now go out and find your joy. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.